Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. With the urgency of the day we're living in, ministers, I really want to talk to you today about continuing to preach and teach the Word of God. Dance with the one that brung you. Don't keep changing partners. Stick with the Lord Jesus Christ and stick with the truth of God's Word. Sound exciting? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Good to have you here with us today. And for those of you joining for the first time, welcome. We've gone on a number of new stations. It's just nice to have you join with us. And uh, then tell us what you think about it. Let us know and uh, send us an email or whatever. At the end of the broadcast, you can uh, pick up the uh, offer that we have here. And I know it's going to be a great blessing to you. And so again, just thank you so much. I want to thank those who were watching for some time and uh, just continue to watch and let us know how that you're blessed by the Word of God. That's a blessing to me to hear that it's a blessing to you. And for those of you who stand with me as partners, thank you so much because you not only say it's a ministry to you and a blessing to you, but you also give toward it so that it can help us reach out to other people. If you'd like to become a partner with me, do so. And uh, first of all, you can ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you to give each month. And uh, that's fine because he'll probably talk to you. If he doesn't, he's just simply saying he trusts you and uh, you can give as you purpose in your heart. This is found also in the word of God. And so do that. And we'd love to have you join those that are great companies surrounding me. Again, it's like Jesus and the disciples. I don't have a gigantic group of people, but those, those who stand with me support the ministry. Thank you so much. You can go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there on the website where you can become a partner with me. And I look forward to hearing from you. Why don't you turn with me a second? Timothy chapter four and verse one today. I want to talk to you today about the minister and end times. And this is this is for everybody, even though I'm going to be specifically more directing this toward the minister behind the pulpit. We are living in a day when we know Jesus Christ is coming very, very soon. And that puts pressure on those that sit out there in the congregation. How are we supposed to, we're supposed to take this and go and use this in our daily life. But it also is a challenge to the minister behind the pulpit, not just to preach the usual sermon in the usual way, Again, the word of God doesn't change, but to put some emphasis on where we are today, some some clarity on where we are today, and really an urgency of where we are today to do the number one job, and that's to win souls. Take the word of God, become stable in our own life, to withstand the instability of the day we live in. And again, you do that through your knowledge of the word of God. My favorite verse in the Bible that I usually use when I sign a book is out of Isaiah 33, six, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The Lord is simply saying he wants those today that are not just converts, but stable disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. What the world needs to see today is stability. This demands the word of God. This is your daily bread or your daily food. This is what God wants us to have. And so again, we're seeing people that don't come to church much anymore. In fact, through the COVID thing, there was such a rocking in the world of the church that what seemed to have taken out of that is the fact that less people actually attend the church, but they watch it at home on their computer screens and they send finances into where churches, they have actually said we have more finances than ever before to do the things we need to do. But on top of that, church is not just money. A church is people attending, hearing the word of God being taught to go out and become stable. And again, God has never never intended that instead of being a dedicated Christian, we substitute that with the giving of money. This should be supplementary. And uh, so again, this is what we're talking about here 
today. And I really want to direct this toward the end of the broadcast to those behind the pulpit, those who minister the word of God, as well as you that attend the church to understand the days we are living in. We are living very close to the coming of Jesus Christ for his church. I believe in the rapture. So many people today are saying they don't believe in the rapture. I believe in it. And I believe that it is the answer what we're looking for. Is God going to change our country? Is God going to bring our country back? Is God going to, you know, uh, change us? And the answer is he's going to send Jesus. That's what he's going to do. And uh, so again, well, this is the day we're looking forward to. And soon we're going to hear, and that will be Jesus Christ coming back with the sound of the trumpet, the shout, the voice of the ark angel and uh, will rise to meet Jesus in the air. This is the most important thing we're looking forward to as far as the church is concerned for the future. But for the present day right now, it's one more day to win one more soul for Jesus Christ. People talk about, we want so-and-so in for president of the United States. We want these changes in government. We want this person to win. And that's those are wonderful. Listen, I want our nation to be strong. I'd love to see us go back to more of a day we, that we had years ago. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I can say this that you know, even if we got the greatest president ever we've ever had, he'll be in there for four years or maybe eight years. The point of it is angels don't rejoice over every new president we have. We might, we might have a party, but angels don't. Angels rejoice over one sinner that repents because you know why? It's eternal. That's what God is looking for, eternal changes in people. And that starts with the new birth. The moment that a person is born again, it is forever. That's why angels rejoice over that. And this is why Jesus came to this earth. He came to seek and to save that which was, which was lost. And he came to die for us, to shed his blood for us so that we can have remission of sins. When it comes to world government, the world is trying their best to move toward a centralized world government. I just call it international communism. That's what it's going to be. Jesus will come back and change the world after that point. When the world tries this, the maximum is going to last is seven years. Jesus Christ will come back at the end of that, and he's going to set up his kingdom. What we're looking for right now is for the church, we're looking for the appearing of Jesus to come and we will rise to meet him in the air. Seven years later, what the earth is waiting for and all of the uh, nations of the earth will be waiting for that know Jesus will be what the word of God declares. Revelation chapter 19, other verses in the Old Testament, Joel chapter two, talking about the uh, taking of the city of Jerusalem back for the Lord and then Jesus Christ coming to rule and reign over this earth for a thousand years to begin with and after that, the eternities of eternities. But that will be the time when Jesus will come back and set up his kingdom on this earth. Both are brought out in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. What I want to tell you is, is that there are three comings of Jesus in his physical human body. He's come many times in the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord, the rock that followed the children of Israel, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. He's come as the burning bush. You can name a lot of things that Jesus has come as in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord. But also in the New Testament, once he came in a human body, he never left that human body. He'll never come back as the angel of the Lord again. He'll never be the rock. He'll never be all these things that were symbols of him in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, he comes three times. He's already come once. He came once, was born into this earth in a manger, had a physical body, born of a virgin, and then lived for 33 years on the earth without sinning, went to the cross without any sin, died for us, the righteous dying for the unrighteous, so that we could have eternal life. Then he uh, was buried. Three days later, he came back out of the grave, quickened, and then made alive, and came back out in a brand new body, a resurrection body, stuck around for 40 days, and then ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And the Father said to him when he did, he said, sit at my right hand until 
I make your enemies your footstool. That will be at the coming of him for his kingdom when he subdues all the kingdoms of this earth that are rising up against him and will have been doing for seven years during the tribulation. He will come back at that time and set up his kingdom on this earth. So until the day he again stands up, he's being seated at the right hand of the Father, is still seated there, but again is seated there until, and until means you're gonna stand back up again. And that time he will come back and set up his kingdom on this earth. But between now and that time, there are really two more comings of Jesus. And it's brought out in this verse of scripture, 2 Timothy 4.1, addressed to the pastor of the church at Ephesus, Timothy, and to us, he charges him as pastor and says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. I want you to notice this. He charged Timothy. You are in a specific time period, Timothy, called the church age. And listen, this was almost 2,000 years ago. We're even closer to the coming of Jesus Christ now. And he mentioned two more of the comings of Jesus. One is called his appearing and one is called his kingdom. We as the church are looking forward to his appearing. And the Lord is going to appear in the sky. The old the saints from all uh, since the day of Pentecost will come back with him, making up the church. We will then rise to meet all of them in the air and we'll go back to heaven with him. Jesus will not touch this earth, but seven years later he will when he comes back for his kingdom. And this time his feet will actually touch the Mount of Olives and he will stay on the earth for a period of 1,000 years to rule and reign during that time period. Then the earth will be renovated and he will continue to rule and reign from the earth after that forever and forever. So the appearing is the coming of Jesus for us. That's his church. The kingdom is the return of Jesus to rule the entire world. So we live today at the closing of the church age. In other words, you and I live at the end of the end of the church age. We live in the last of the last days. Our departure will then trigger the tribulation and the appearing of Antichrist. I love what it says in the books of First and Second Thessalonians dealing with this. It literally says this, the tribulation cannot begin until the church is removed. Then it goes on to say, and Antichrist cannot even show himself until the church is removed. And so this is why the church has to be removed so that this can happen. And then the earth is going to enter into its last seven years under Satan's rule. And then at the end of that time period, Satan will be removed from the earth. The Antichrist will be removed from the earth. Demons, fallen angels, and all this will be removed from the earth. All religion and all unbelievers will be removed from the earth. And then finally, the last thing that will happen at that time is the, the curse that's on the earth since Adam will be removed. And on that day, when that all happens, the kingdoms of this world that have been under Satan's control, right now Satan is still the God of this world, he's the prince of this world, but it says the kingdoms of this world will then on that day become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he, that is Christ, will rule forever and forever. So in other words, the world has a good thing to look forward to. The whole earth has a great day to look forward to. It's just going to be hell on earth for a while until that happens, but the church will be removed before that time. We have not been appointed under wrath. Again, Thessalonians tells us that. 
Pastors, when you begin to understand this, you begin to understand the urgency of the hour we live in. Ministers, those that minister in churches also understand the urgency of the hour we live in. The next thing on God's prophetic calendar is Jesus coming back for his church, but it hasn't happened yet. It may happen within a few days, a few months, or a few years. I don't know. Even Jesus doesn't know the exact time of his return. Only the Father does. I can say this though, every day we are here ought to be one more day to urge your people to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ so they won't have to go through this terrible time and they'll get to be with Jesus and us forever and forever. So we have a lot. And listen, right now should be a very simple time to witness. Even the world knows something's wrong. Even liberals in our country know this. Even those who have rejected God for years, those who have gone after the panaceas of what the world has declared, which again, like I said, is international communism, all this rulership, all one world government, all the things they talk about would be wonderful one day. Everybody's beginning to realize something's not right here. No, this isn't. And they're looking for answers. We have the answers. It should be a simple time, an easy time to witness to people and to open up a simple conversation about what the world's going through right now, but the redemption of Jesus for them. So after the rapture of the church and before Jesus Christ comes back to rule and reign on this earth, the church will go through the judgment seat of Christ, or as the word of God really refers to it, the reward seat of Christ. We'll discuss this when we come back. And so right after the break, right after halftime, we'll continue with this. Now you can find out what the offer is going to be that'll bless you tremendously. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Pastors, ministers, I know many of you would like to have some evening classes. Maybe you don't have enough in the congregation to really have fellowships, home groups, things like that. But this is the most important. This is supplemental the Word of God. I have a curriculum series, 10 30-minute uh, lessons on video, as well as my book on end times that goes along with it, a teaching on the subject of probably one that pastors fear the most is end times. Don't understand it. With all the different viewpoints today, I come back to the basic of what the Word of God says. There is a rapture of the church coming, and seven years later after that, Jesus is coming back to establish his millennial kingdom on this earth. And so much is taught in the Word of God about the simplicity of what God is saying. Once you understand it, then it seems like confusion is gone. If you'd like to do this, you might have a time where you do it over a two-week period, five nights a week, or spread it out into 10 weeks, whatever you would like to do. I know it'll be a great blessing to you. And on top of that, your congregation will come out smarter on the other end, and you'll look good because you brought it into the church. See about having this series just for yourself. 
Welcome back. You know, I want to just urge you to get a copy of that book for yourself on understanding the end times. It's been out for years. I mean, because end time teaching has just always been fascinating to people. But when things are going good in our country and things seem to be going well and the churches are doing well, that book doesn't sell very well. But right now, just like other times in our in our history of our nation, in the past numbers of years when this book has been out, I have seen the book just suddenly surge because of what's going on in the earth and people want to come back to the word of God. Today, the book is selling well. But again, I want you have a copy for yourself to understand just how the Bible lays it out. The book is laid out very simply to where you can understand that end times are not complicated. No, in fact, they're quite simple when you understand how God thinks and how God thinks is in time periods. We'll be taking that up here in just a moment. Again, I talked about the fact that as soon as Jesus comes for the church, and we're taken into heaven. We'll be there for seven years while the tribulation's going on in this earth for seven years, while the earth is being judged and the nations are being judged by God during that time. The church, our works will be judged in heaven. We will never be judged. After we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, there is no judgment coming to us at all, but our works will be judged. Going to heaven is a gift. That occurred when we got born again. God slapped into Bob's pocket. The moment I got born again, a one-way ticket to heaven. You know what? I'm going to heaven. I got my ticket in my pocket because I've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. So going to heaven is not a reward. It's a gift. When I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, one of the gifts of eternal life, but also heaven became a gift, I'm going there. And so, but the other part is though there are rewards when we get to heaven for what we did in with our salvation when we were born again. The Bible says we have been saved unto good works. What does that mean? I can't commit any good works before I'm born again, but after I'm saved, now I have the ability to produce good works. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I have the word of God. I can walk in the spirit. I can truly bless people as a means of winning them over. Works are a part of my witnessing. So again, the works that I produce, but God says that our works will be judged in heaven. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses about 3 down through verse 15 it talks about in there, verse 10, especially and on down, talks about the verses there about how that our works will be judged in heaven. And uh, the things we did for the Lord will stand the test of of the uh, time there of the rewards uh, being judged. But after that, those that were not done by the Holy Spirit, those that were done out of fellowship with God, those were done for our own lust and our own self uh, reasonings, and we didn't ask for forgiveness of those. Those will be judged in heaven and burned. We will be rewarded for what's left over, what the good things we did for God. And so that will literally becomes the time when right now we are the church, but we will be fashioned into the bride of Christ. People talk about, well, we're the bride of Christ. Not yet, we're not. We are the body of Christ will be fashioned into the bride of Christ when we get there. You've heard this expression, you know, well, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's not. He's not coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Until the day we're taken into heaven, we'll all have spots and wrinkles. It's in heaven that the spots and wrinkles will be taken out, and this is where we'll be transformed into the bride. We are not the bride yet, but after our works have been judged, and the bad works burn up and the good works left over, we will come back to this earth in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. We will come back as a bride adorned for her husband. This is what Revelation tells us. So then we'll be fashioned into the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus isn't coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. If he was, we'd never go. We'll always be here. And so, but once we get there, he will transform us into the bride of Christ and then we will come back 
with him on that day. As he comes back to conquer the earth, to take over at the battle of Armageddon, we will come back with him. So again, these things are talked about in the word of God. Let's talk about how that God looks at time. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter one. We're gonna take a look at verses one and two. Then we're gonna to go to Hebrews chapter 11. But I just simply wanna lay it out for you ministers so you can understand it and present it simply to your congregation. How do you understand God? God works in time periods. Every time period gets increasingly better, except for the very first one, which was perfect, which is the Garden of Eden. When man and woman fell at that time, the other dispensations that came from that time period, each one gets better and better and better to where finally the millennium, the last uh, time period that God has on this earth that he has for, for mankind will literally be a thousand year garden of Eden. The curse will be removed. The lion will lay down with the lamb on that day. Again, children can pick up a poisonous snake. It won't hurt them. Perfect weather, perfect environment, perfect everything. No Satan, no demons, nothing like that. It will be the garden of Eden all over again, except we don't know how long it lasted under Adam and Eve, but I can tell you this, this one's going to last a thousand years. And so Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two tells us how God thinks. He thinks in time periods. And uh, every time period gets better and better until the last one comes, it will be just as good as the first one, except it'll be much longer. So Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two, God who at different time periods, the Greek word palumeros doesn't just mean different times, it means different periods of time. And in different manners, palutropos, in different ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. In the Old Testament, there were five time periods. Each one was different, and in each one, God spoke to mankind in a different way. But in verse two, he now speaks about the one we're living in now, which is the sixth time period, which is the church age, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. The last days began on the day of Pentecost. It was told, prophesied by the prophet Joel. It was also prophesied and spoken of uh, when Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost and brought out in the books of Timothy that we are living in the last days. Has in these last days, which began at Pentecost, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the ages. Not only did Jesus Christ create the world, he also didn't just create the universe, he created time periods. These time periods were created by God himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, there have been five of them. We are coming to the very closing of the sixth one, and there will be one more after this. It will be the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The church age will be separated from the millennial reign of Jesus Christ by a seven-year period called the tribulation. I want you to notice something here. It said in those time periods, God spoke to mankind in different ways. And it says there again, at different time periods and in different ways, God spoke in time past under the fathers by the prophets. That's the Old Testament, which was directed toward Israel, written to the Jewish fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, by the prophets who wrote the Old Testament. Verse two is the New Testament. Has in these last days spoken to us, that is Gentiles, the church through his son, not through the prophets, but through the son. And even though we have different writers of the New Testament, different apostles that wrote the New Testament, it all came from Jesus Christ, 
whom God has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the time periods. All I'm saying is this, in every time period, how God approached man was different, but how man approached God has always been the same. God approached man in the garden by walking with them, talking with him. After that, he approached them through visions. He approached them by speaking to them. He approached them through the, the rock that followed Israel, the cloud by day, the fire by night, all the different ways that God approached man. In every time period, how God approached man has been different. And then there's the period of the law. There's the period of the church and how God approaches man is different. But in every time period, how man approached God has always been the same by faith, by faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, spanning the different dispensations of time. They've always approached God by simple faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses one through three. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, that is by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And the good report will be here, here in Hebrews chapter 11. All the ones who produced a great testimony, their testimony will be in this chapter. Through faith, we understand and that the ages, the word worlds here is ion, which means the ages, the time periods, or the dispensations were fit together by the spoken word of God. So the things which were seen were not made out of things that do appear. Let me list for you the seven dispensations in the word of God. The first one was called innocence, where God put Adam and Eve here. God created that beautiful time period and man messed it up. That's called the fall. God came back and started a second time period called conscience. And God made it in goodness, but man messed it up and it ended in the flood. Human government came after that, where God again established governments in this earth. Again, it started out good and man messed it up at the end of it. That's the Tower of Babel. The next dispensation or time period was the dispensation of promise where God found Abraham and through him started the human race on this earth called the Jewish nation, but also a divine race. And that is the stars of heaven. And that's every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This one, he started out great, but it ended in Egyptian captivity. The next one is the law, which lasted from Moses until Jesus went to the cross. And the law ended when Jesus went to the cross and said, it is finished. Then we live today in the church age, the longest of all the dispensations. Of all the dispensations, the church age is the longest. It lasted so far over 2,000 years, and this is called the dispensation of grace. It will end at the rapture of the church, the appearing of Jesus for us. And finally, the last one will be a thousand-year reign, and that's the millennial reign of Jesus, which will end at the great white throne judgment. So what is Paul's charge to church leaders today? Pastors knowing the time period, church leaders, those of you who know the times we're living in understand the urgency of the day we're living in. And Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Again, I started this, but let's finish on down through verse 5. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. The living are those that are saved and the dead are those that are not at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come, it has arrived, when they will not endure sound doctrine. I love that word sound. It's the word hugios and means healthy. People today coming to church don't want a healthy doctrine and they don't want a healthy meal. And they're watching on their television screens, they're watching on computer screens and they don't want a full meal. No, they kind of want a drive-through where you can toss them a chicken nugget or something like that. That's all they want. No, they need to come to church and get a healthy diet. 
the menus of the word of God, the vastness of the word of God. It goes on to say, but after their own desires, they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The itching ears of ministers today is what's this guy preaching? What's that guy preaching? And they've turned away from the word of God and says they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables, storytelling. And that's what we're getting so often from pulpits today, just stories with a little scripture sprinkled in here and there. What the people need is verse by verse teaching the word of God. But it goes on to warn in verse five, but you be watchful. Ministers, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. They're gonna make fun of you. People will make fun of you and talk about you for preaching the word of God, but go on. Then do the work of an evangelist. Pastors, you may not be an evangelist, but you and your people need to do the work of an evangelist. Keep getting people saved. That's the most important thing. And it goes on to say, this will fulfill your ministry. What a great day we live in. You say, yeah, but it's the end time. Oh, but listen, they so desire to see this day that you and I are living in today. Be faithful to teach the word of God and be faithful to send your people out to win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the work of the end times. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.